0: small town music this is big town music he's ahead of his time you know but he can use it Fun, he can
1: prove it hey everybody welcome to rock solid the comedy podcast for all things music both new and classic i'm pat francis and today this is your monday bonus episode and joining me in the zoom room today is my friend and author, Rebecca Phelps. Rebecca, how are you doing?
2: I am great. Thank you for having me today.
1: You are so welcome. I'm holding up. I'm going to hold it up for the people that can see the video. This is a copy of Downworld. I'm going to let people know I actually have two copies, and I'm going to give these away, uh, not this coming Friday, but I think April 16th, I will be giving those away to our Patreon supporters now, I have two copies. I might actually have more than that by the time this contest comes up because I have contacted the publisher, so we will see if they come through for us okay Rebecca
2: I better I will come and sign them before you give
1: them well, away uh, we will, oh there you go'll we'll, we'll meet <laughs> we'll meet halfway yeah and get a signature perfect uh, all right so Rebecca, we know each other uh, initially because your husband was one of my wife's Students slash clients. We both were. You both were. Yes, that's.
2: Stefan was there first. Stefan uh, was there first, and then I met your wife <coughs> years ago uh, in one of her classes at UCLA, and then I joined the the nightly salons that she had, which is where I met my husband, Stefan.
1: That is right, and now I'm glad that you clarified that story because I do know that story. And now I, I've started the whole interview with a with a mistake. So thank <laughs> you, and you can feel free to correct me on anything like that. So yes, you and Stefan met in my wife's uh, writing class slash writing group, and uh, and I think you're the only matchmaking success that Pilar and I have.
2: There were other couples. I don't know how successful.
1: Not, so, probably not.
2: We made it. Still you married did. to this day.
1: Still married. Now, today we're recording this on Easter. So when yes. people are hearing this, it's the day after Easter. Uh, but what did you have kids at home? Yeah, There's three kids, but one at college and the other two are still of Easter age.
2: Yes. My stepdaughter is in New York for college. The other two are here. We do all the holidays. We did Passover last last weekend. We did Easter. This week, we'll 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 find another religion to celebrate. Next week, we we do everything. So we did the Easter egg hunt.
1: Now, do you do you do the holidays, but you don't, but you don't go to the church or the temple, or do you? <laughs>
2: no, I haven't been to a temple. Oh God, was it my bat mitzvah? It it was a long time ago. It, yeah. There may have been a wedding at some point. Mm, no, actually, I think it was. I think it was my bat mitzvah was the last time, and then. Stefan went to a church. He went to in twice in our relationship. There was a a uh, first communion, I want to say, that we okay. went to. And then there was a funeral that we went to. And those were the only two, only two times I've ever seen that man step foot in a Catholic church.
1: See, that's what we do here, too. We got a Christmas tree. We got a menorah. We yeah. do all the stuff. And we just try to teach the kids to be positive citizens of the planet. Exactly. That's how we do it here. So um, the kids are how old? 10 and
2: 8.
1: 10 and 8. So they're full on. They believe in this Easter bunny. Yes. How stupid How stupid are kids, Rebecca?
2: <laughs> they believe that when they wake up in the morning, there are a bunch of eggs with candy in them. And they're yeah. very happy with that arrangement.
1: How did we ever think that there was a bunny that brought this stuff? This
2: is the thing, this is the thing with this Noshite. Is that I grew up Jewish. We don't have all these magical creatures that come. Yeah, like, no- right. Mr. bunny and Santa and there's some elf or something, a fairy that comes for like St. Patrick's Day or Leprechaun. It's a leprechaun. There's which, which, what is all this crap? We too much
1: stuff. Too much stuff.
2: All these fairy people. And so my whole motherhood of these children has been like, what is this thing I'm supposed to remember and and lie to them about?
1: (laughs) I know it's ridiculous. And some things as a kid you can get your head around, maybe the tooth fairy or a Santa, but but the bunny bringing the candy, I don't I don't get it. But I believed it. I was full what on does it have in. What
2: to do with your religion? I don't understand the bunny thing. <laughs> it has okay.
1: nothing to do with religion. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Downworld real quick. Yes. Not real quick. We'll be talking about it throughout the show. Um so Downworld just released what March 30th
2: it came out? March 30th. Tuesday it came out.
1: And currently your book is one of the the book of the month at the Barnes and Noble in Studio City. Now, look, I'm going to tell people who don't live in Los Angeles this uh, the Barnes and Noble in Studio City is the bookstore. I mean, that's the place. I mean, everyone knows it. It's kind of famous. So if your book is book of the month, uh, that's pretty cool. So congratulations on that.
2: I think it's the horror, whatever, thriller, mystery book of the month, which is awesome.
1: Now, do you want to logline it for us? Do you want to tell us about Downworld?
2: So this is a story about, it, it's either called sci-fi or, or some people call it fantasy, but it is a story about a teenage girl who is mourning the death of her brother, and she discovers that there are three doors under her high school, which used to be a military base, and the doors lead to other possibilities, other ah. realities, other dimensions, And she discovers that it might be possible to bring her brother back from this this down world that exists under the school.
1: I love it. That was perfect. You've done this before.
2: I have. And then I left out the the love interest. She teams up with the hot guy and the other hot guy and, and tries to figure out how to bring her brother back
1: in the book are they called hot guy one and hot guy two because that would be yeah. great if they I were
2: promise they are way more developed characters <laughs> than that. um there's there's a lot of history with this young man that was her brother's best friend and they have to go through this emotional journey and the spiritual journey and this freaking journey of redemption and forgiveness and and they really have to grow up a lot in the process of, of trying to uncover the mysteries of downworld
1: and again this is a this is a Ya novel, which means young adult, and it sounds perfect. It like the 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 log line you just gave me, it sounds like who wouldn't want to read this? That that it, was my thought. <laughs> if, if you're if you're watching Stranger Things,
2: then you want yeah. to read this. The exactly. um company, the 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 company that has published it, Wattpad Books, is selling it as Stranger Things, meets Dark, uh, Meets Coraline. It's it's got a lot of what what would be you know, the idea that you can go through a portal and that there's something on the other side that represents your greatest fears, your greatest needs. The the thing that, that you're afraid to look at in the dark is on the other side.
1: And that's the way it's done. I don't want to sound like an industry, you know, weirdo, but that's how you pitch stuff out here. It's this meets this. And then people immediately know what you're talking about. And then you tell them what your original story is and they go, Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So now, to get this published, though, it was kind of a unique uh, way that this happened, correct?
2: Yeah, it was a long road, which I guess publishing always is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a book that I wrote maybe five, six years ago. I really was proud of it. I knew it was good. I knew it was I just, you know, I've been writing for a long time. I was a right. writer, I was an actress, written a bunch of screenplays, sold some, uh, and I just knew that this one was good, and I was so proud of it. And I didn't know what to do with it. And, uh, you know, trying to get an agent with it, trying to write blind query letters to agents I've never met. Like, you don't know me, but trust me, you would love this book. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Or what if you were 17? Trust me. It, it's hard. It's a hard way to break in. And so a friend had had mentioned Wattpad, which is this site where you can put up your original work, your original books. And I, you know, kind of vacillated for a while. And finally, you know, in June of 2019, so the summer before last, I said, screw it. I've got this great book. I'm going to put it on this website. And I stuck it on Wattpad. And, uh, you know, in four months, I think it got nine reads because who'd ever heard of me? And and I didn't know how to promote it. And then um, this sort of computer algorithm over at Wattpad discovered it and put it on a spooky stories list that you should read. And it took off. And I got, you know, 300 reads, 400 reads, 4,000 reads, 20,000 reads. It just kept going. And a month later, I won an award. I won a Wadi Award for Best Young Adult Fiction for 2019. And then they called me a month after that and said, can we publish this book? And I said, Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know. Like you don't even you don't you don't even you don't even ask any questions. You just say yes at that point. But
2: yeah, and and it's a, it's a unique opportunity. They have a re- really good partnership in America with Macmillan. They're in the UK with Penguin Random House. They're in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Scotland. They're all all the English speaking territories. They've got a Wapad Studios that makes movies and TV shows. So it's the option included that. It was a great opportunity. So.
1: Yeah. And now this, this is your calling card now. Yes. It's uh it all that work for this calling card, but how can I explain it to people? Just, just the fact that I can hold this in my hand, it's almost a miracle. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like people move out here. Where did you move out here from? Chicago. Okay. Chicago. I, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, lived in Chicago six years, and then I moved out here. I've been out here 25 years, but you come out here with hopes. And dreams, and it's uh it's soul crushing, and things don't work out, and you wonder, you know, you're always maybe second guessing yourself. So yeah. then, when something happens, like your book is published, I mean, yes. what was it like when you when you got a box of these books delivered at your house? <laughs> and the video. first, there's a video for it. Will you, you tell me? What? You tell me though. You open it up and you hold this thing, and how
2: yeah. do you feel? I just cried. I. there's a few boxes. First you get the, the arcs, you get the, the industry copy and those came and, you know, the kids were excited and they were screaming and we were all taking the copies out. They sent me 30 copies. I'm taking them out of the box. I'm crying. (laughs) Stefan's got a camera in my face and he's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, it's my book. (laughs) Like you said, it's a long road. I was an actress first. And you want to talk about soul crushing rejection. (laughs) It's just, one after another, after another, and then you know, as a screenwriter, and it's literally just, how about this screenplay? How about this one? You want you want a spec? You want a horror? You want a thriller? How about a comedy? We write one after another after another. You, you know, we sold a script that didn't get made. You write another one that's a near miss. It's just one thing after another. Right. So, yeah. When I finished this book and it couldn't, you know, get an agent to be like, let's get this published. I just thought, well, here we go again. Here's another thing. I put the yeah. heart do. And it's just going to sit there on my computer. And I was just like, man, I worked too hard to have nothing come of this. And so it's, it's amazing.
1: I tell people that it's, it's probably easier to become a doctor than to make it in Hollywood as an actress or author or screenwriter, because you go to med school and when you come out, you're a doctor and doctor. now you go get a job. But this—it's a learning experience constantly out here. So that's why I wanted to have you on because we have a, a lot of cool friends, and whenever our cool friends do fun stuff and have success, I want people to know about it. So again, Downworld, Wattpad books—go to Amazon right now, get get it on your Kindle, get a physical copy, and uh, and just and just do it. That's what I want you to do. Uh, one more thing before we get into playing some music is. Um, you're a mom and you also work, right? You have a job. Yep. So when do you find time <laughs> to write anything?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, the first book, Downworld, I wrote at the cafe down the street at six in the morning. Stefan would get up with them. They were babies. So would mm-hmm. get up with them. I'd go down there. I'd write for 40 minutes and I'd come back to relieve him so that he could shower and get to work. Right. Uh so that was Downworld. The second book, Yesterworld, because there's a sequel which is on Wattpad. Two two sequels. Uh Yesterworld, I wrote during my lunch breaks when he was at work and the kids were at school and I worked from home. So I would during my lunch break, I write for 40 minutes, eat a sandwich, and get back to my desk. This one, the new one, Everworld, I'm trying to write during this pandemic. And oh my god, this is hard. This is it, just
1: hard. Yeah, like you would think, well, I have a lot more time now, right? But, but no, because the kids are right there all the time and it's I difficult.
2: Said, I was talking to my friend. I said, you know, it's not that there's no time. It's that there's no quiet time. There's yeah. no headspace time where you just, no one's talking to you. No one's around. No one needs anything. No one needs a sandwich. You're just <laughs> go for a walk and be in your head and listen to your music, which is how I think of a lot of my stuff is I just listen to my music. I walk. I think I watch people. I'm a huge people watcher and that's gone. And that part has been really, really hard.
1: And the reason I brought that all up is when you really want something, you need to find that time to write it. So like those 45 minutes before Stefan went to work, you didn't, you didn't go to Starbucks and and order all your stuff and talk to a bunch of people. You, you had to go there and you had to write, you had to hit the ground running and write, until it was time to leave,
2: I went there with as they were opening because it was empty when they were opening. There were just guys out front playing chess and no one in the back. So I'd go to the back. I didn't ask for their for their Wi-Fi. That was the big thing. I had no idea how to log on to Wi-Fi. You, you, so
1: no, don't, don't, then. no. <laughs> if you if you need if, if you need to research something, just write it in parentheses exactly. and look later.
2: You yes, I didn't put the filler like name of town star star star, and then you look <laughs> right. and then do it later. <laughs> All right. So
1: we play music on this show. So we're trying to uh, do a quick workaround of how do we uh, come up with songs we can play in regard to Downworld. Now, Downworld takes place at high school. Yeah. So I said, why don't we just play songs we liked when we were in high school? Uh, <laughs> I'm much older than uh, than Rebecca, so we're going to have different songs. Uh, although you did, you got some classics in here, which is cool.
2: I didn't like the music when I was in high
1: school. I I wasn't a huge fan. So. What year did you graduate high school? Ninety four. Ninety four. So I graduated in eighty two. Mm. Twelve years before you. But your music is like the songs you picked today. Like first of all, I I only had to purchase one of these songs. I owned all these songs. I have all these
2: songs. Perfect. Which so one did you purchase? Was it? I
1: don't. I don't want to say because it's the play okay. out.
2: I think I know so, which one it was,
1: yeah, so I don't want to say. Okay. I have that song in the, its original version, but not this version yeah. so uh, and then you said maybe um, some songs that made you think about writing or books. Was that correct? Yeah
2: well, I sent you ten songs. The first five were yeah. ones that that I experienced in high school that were mm-hmm. kind of transformative for me okay. And the second five are books that specifically inspired parts. I'm sorry, songs that specifically inspired parts of the books.
1: Okay, cool. And um, do I want to ask another downworld question? Is there, like, uh, you know, you would want this to become Hunger Games? Of course, that would be uh, the crazy, the crazy, wild goal and dream. Is there, is there interest, like, uh, film-wise? I mean, I know it's early.
2: I can't say too much. There's so many cool things happening with this book, and I okay. can't say any of them. I can say that Wattpad Studios owns the option, and okay. that there is a producer and a lot of interest in making this a show. But I, I can't say.
1: All right, we won't say anything because um, that way, when when the next thing happens, yeah, then then you come back,
2: I, and then I'll come back and we'll talk about that cool thing with it, and it. then
1: we'll play songs from high school again. Yeah. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. I'm gonna let you kick it off. Uh, you can, you can call out your songs in any order. I I have them here. They're all queued up. You can pick the song and you can tell us about it, how it relates to whatever, and then we'll hear some of it. And then, then it'll be my
2: turn. All right. Well, the first song I picked, it's not much of a story, but one of the themes of downworld is that the main character, Marina, she lives in this little town. Her life's been kind of rough and she fantasizes that she's going to leave this town one day. There's this, there's this long distance train that runs through the town and if you take it east, you get to New York. And if you take it west, you get to Portland, Oregon. And either way works because it gets you out of this little town. And so I the first song I picked was "Sticks Come Sail Away because I vividly remember when I was about 14 or 15, going into the courtyard at school, someone was blasting this song. And I remember just thinking, this is the song I'm going to play when I leave this town.
1: All right. I, how here- how
2: I played it when I left the town, but it was this. The moment of like, I'm gonna get out of here and it's gonna be great.
1: All right, here we go. Come sail away. 1977 from the Grand Illusion. Let's hear some of Come Sail Away. I'm
0: sailing away. Set an open course for the virgin sea Besides. Ahead of me on board, I'm the captain. So climb aboard, we'll search for tomorrow on every shore, and I'll try.
1: song gives me a chill no like i was getting chills how weird his is that voice. his voice was insane it's uh it's incredible dennis DeYoung, young mm-hmm. unbelievable good choice now in 1977 how old were you <laughs> One. <laughs> One. One in 1977 that's insane i was 13
2: so. yeah most of the writers on what are 19 right now so i'm is that, is that true yeah they're all really young they are so i'm very much like oh you're all so cute you're all published and you're you're young. <laughs> it's so horrible <laughs> but do you would you do you want it at, do you want it at 19 or do you want it now i would have i would have uh first off i don't think i was as good of. A, i know i wasn't as good of a writer at 19 I, I, these these young people are blowing me away the books they and i read all their books they're wonderful they're great yeah i don't think i could have written a novel at 19 i i i don't think i could form a thought at 19.
1: I don't know. A, a nineteen-year-old today is either super mature, yeah, or or, or super immature.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was always true, I guess.
1: <laughs> All right, my first song, yeah, from nineteen eighty-one. I'll tell you about this. I'm a I'm a I'm a gigantic fan of the band the Who.
2: Yes,
1: but I didn't really get in the Who into the Who until nineteen eighty-one with the album Face Dances, and the only reason I got into the Men is because a bunch of my friends formed a band and played the song You Better You Bet at a high school assembly. I didn't even know it was a Who song when they played it. I thought their version was amazing. (laughs) So I'm gonna play You Better You Bet. Okay. Here it comes.
0: Sound of old Rex mm-hmm. To the sound of old Rex oh, Who's next?
1: I love that part because they name check their own album with Who's yeah. next. Yes. That's
2: Brilliant. My-
1: that's my story. I'm sticking to it.
2: It's a great song. It is.
1: When um, So what, what year did you move to LA?
2: I finished college in Wisconsin in 98. And I literally graduated. I had the U-Haul packed. I did the graduation ceremony at the old football stadium. And I lived across the street from it. So when it ended, I took off the rented cap, you know, the mortar, mortar gown, board it to the guy. And I walked across the street, and I got in the pack in the already packed U-Haul, and I had to make a detour because my sister was graduating from veterinary school. So we went to her graduation, and then my sister and my brother and I drove to LA. Wow! Yeah. And so, so I you- had been here two years before. This is a fun story. My I was here when I was nineteen. I was not writing a novel at nineteen. I was an extra in Boogie Nights when I was nineteen. I came out.
1: <laughs> can can you? Are you seen? Can I see you yeah, on
2: Boogie Nights? You can see
1: a lot of me in Boogie, in Boogie Nights.
2: Yeah. Whoa, you-
1: whoa. <laughs> okay, I didn't know <laughs> oh, this.
2: Okay. I'm a you it's just fun. sent
1: now. You just sent people down a Google rabbit hole with this.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was my first job in LA. I got here, and and I got here, and I signed up with this extra agency because I was trying to get my SAG card. And I showed up at this place and we got in the shuttle, you know, me and the other extras didn't know what it was, had no idea. And we get, we get on the shuttle. And we're like, what are we shooting today? And the driver says, it's, you know, you, have you ever heard of this porn star named John Holmes? And we were, I was a kid, I was my child. I was like, no, no, I never have. And he's like, well, it's a movie about him and it's got Marky Mark in it. And I remember we were just looking at each other like, "Oh my god, I've been in LA for four seconds, and I'm in a porno. What happened? How, <laughs> how am I going to tell my mother?" And it turned out it was fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it 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 is a film that's shot, and and it has a feel of a porno at it's times. It. Yes, it does. It's a brilliant film, though. I mean, it was it's a
2: weird film. set. It was a wonderful set to be on because you couldn't tell, like, is this porn or, like, why is William H. Macy here? Because <laughs> he wouldn't be here, right? It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Did you did you get a SAG card because of that movie?
2: Later, I did, yeah.
1: All right, good, good, good. Yeah. And let me ask you, this. so you came out here, you didn't come out alone?
2: I did. Well, my brother and sister dropped me off.
1: Oh, they dropped you off, but then you didn't, yeah. and you didn't know anyone?
2: My sister had a friend that she had studied monkeys with in Puerto Rico once, and she was here. And okay. I, I stopped by her house, and then I, uh, I rented a room from somebody. See, this
1: is uh, this is this is the ballsy thing that you have to do when you really want something.
2: You did feel like looking back. I'm like, what was I thinking? But at the time, I was like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to move to LA and be an actress. Of course I am.
1: Right, and like. You live out here now, so if, if your kids want to go into acting, they're, they're out here. They're already here. But yes. if, they, if they wanted to move, if you didn't live here and they wanted to
2: move to L.A., you'd be freaking out. You can't tell a 21-year-old what to do,
1: though. No, you know, that's true. You can't. can't. You just can't.
2: Here's,
1: here's my next question, then we'll move on to a song. Uh, I don't know why I'm not sparsing these questions out, but I, I like to talk, so I'll have <laughs> stuff. How much money did you have when you moved out here? On your per- like, like, access to?
2: I uh-huh. actually have a little bit of money. I was gonna go to NYU and couldn't afford it. Okay. And my dad said if you go to a state school, there'll be a little money left over when you're done. And I was like, well, okay. oh, that sounds good. So I went to the University of Wisconsin. We're from Chicago, but any state school would have been cheaper than NYU, which was yes. hundred thousand dollars. So I went to Wisconsin and when I got out, there was a there was a little bit. There was like maybe twenty thousand dollars left. Oh,
1: that's that's good.
2: Six months trying to I was waiting tables, I was bartending i was delivering food oh my god i had 80 jobs and it wasn't enough
1: well you will be horrified when i tell you that when i moved out here i had eighteen hundred dollars
2: Ooh, that's a lot <laughs> how did you even get a car what did you do
1: well i had a car uh but i only had you know access to eighteen hundred dollars of my own money which is insane i know that's ridiculous yeah.
2: Well, but at the time you could rent an apartment, like you could rent a room for like 300 dollars.
1: We had we had a two bedroom, two bath apartment, yeah, uh, with a common area and a kitchen. It was seven fifty. Yep. Total, so three seventy five yep. each.
2: Those were the days. Yep. Nineteen ninety five. I so. rented a loft for five hundred bucks a month, and I remember coming from Wisconsin. I was like, "That is so much money." I
1: know, crazy. <laughs> What's
2: wrong with this town?
1: <laughs> and how much would that be now?
2: Oh, that in, it was a beautiful apartment. It would be twenty five hundred a month. Yeah, easily. Easily, if not three thousand. Yeah, C-
1: crazy. All right, song number two from Rebecca.
2: Oh, from me. You know what we should do? Okay, so I had this friend growing up whose mom was this hippie who had been at Woodstock, and so I went to her house almost every day before school or after school, and we would go through her mom's record collection because I didn't know anything about music, and she basically was my one person music history it was like school of rock for rebecca so she introduced me to janice joplin and i mean cream this woman had every record ever so we listened to a lot of janice so the next song is ball and chain which is i don't even know if she ever put it on an album but this is from the monterey pop fest i think you have that version
1: i i believe i do and i believe it is on her greatest hits album i i I, I hope this is the correct version
2: it doesn't matter. It's the end of it where she starts talking and rapping like she goes crazy at the end of the okay. song.
1: Fingers crossed that this is the correct version. Here we go ball and chain.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I never me why just because i got to want your love honey just because i got to name your love i said i don't understand honey when i want a chance to hide. Try. in the world wants the same damn thing. Whenever in the world one needs the same
2: long thing. When I want to work for your love, daddy. When I want to try for your
1: love. I don't know when to fade it down.
2: No, she's going to talk. You could just fade. Okay. She's talking for 10 more minutes. This has nothing to do with Downworld whatsoever. I just remember thinking that this woman was the most talented, incredible thing i'd ever heard still do
1: pretty much yeah she's in the 27 cl- club right yeah she was that's in, that's ridiculous
2: 27 years old
1: yeah i've outlived her by 30 years hi i'm pat mm-hmm. um uh, now since you're here and you're a friend there are ads that are dropped into the podcast now from my hosting site and normally they just drop in anywhere uh but since you're here i can actually tee it up right now and just say right now listeners
2: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash investing in America. And we're back.
1: All right, so I'm gonna play. What's my name? Since we talked about moving out here, I'm gonna play one of my favorite story songs. Uh, Came out when I was in 11th grade, 1981. It's by Rod Stewart. I saw him on this tour. The Tonight I'm Yours tour. I have this album autographed hanging on my wall. And I just love this song so much. I'm sure I played it on the show countless times, but this is Young Turks. Mm hmm. is on your side when you're you a young Turk
2: when you're young and you're like time is on my side and yep. then you now and you're like
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love that song my favorite line is uh, Patty gave birth to a 10 pound yeah. baby boy that's a big boy, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> maybe Rod didn't know how big kids no. were when they're born because he was always on the road when his wife would be giving birth so he had no idea that no. that's
2: probably didn't too-
1: know what pounds were like don't they do uh <laughs> <laughs> when they measure babies but yeah, too too big rod too big <laughs> but uh man i love that song i, I love it so much yeah. uh, moving on to rebecca
2: we should do okay this is a song that's actually in downworld it was in the original version my publisher really tried to get the rights to put it in the published version but it wasn't so- possible
1: So when you say get rights, you mean just to print lyrics?
2: Just to print the lyrics. Okay. Uh, And we really tried so hard. And at the end, we were able to get like 50% rights, but we needed 100. And we ended up paraphrasing it. Okay. It is because Morrissey wouldn't give us the rights, which is fine. It's the Smiths. Please, please, please let me get what I want. It is played during a very pivotal scene in Downworld. And if you've read the book, then you know the scene. Um, But it sums up so much of what the characters are feeling towards the end of the book.
1: Okay, here we go. A little bit of Smith's.
2: Good times
0: for a change. See, the look I've had can make a good man turn bad. So please, please, please let me, let me, let me, let me get what I want this time.
2: Yeah, let so I think that song is one character because it, it just seems to sum up so much of how you feel when you're 17, 18, and, and it's, things aren't working out.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, he did definitely capture that feeling with those lyrics. I uh, now I'm going to play one of my. I have three songs in my playlist that are kind of like book workarounds, and okay. I'll explain as I play them. Okay. First of all, I'm sad to admit that I'm not a big reader of of uh, of fiction. I, I tend to just read uh, rock bios and stuff like that. You're
2: um,
1: saying you're a man. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but these songs, they don't really relate to, uh, to fiction books I've read, but I, I I'm, I'm making them, I'm making them seem like they do. So one of the books I remember reading one summer uh, was John Grisham's The Firm. Yep. Okay. So this song is called Radioactive, and it's by the band, The Firm. So here we go.
0: Well, I'm not uptight, not unattractive, turn me on tonight. Because I'm a radioactive, radioactive, well, it's not a fight. Huh. And I'm not your captive, turn me loose tonight.
1: You don't know, Rebecca. That's Jimmy Page on guitar from Led Zeppelin and Paul Rogers from Bad Company on Vocals. Uh, a guy my age would call that a super group.
2: It's a super group, yeah. Super group. Because when you so, said radioactive, there's a Sia song called Radioactive. And I was like, have we just skipped ahead 30 years? But yeah, no,
1: no, different, different song. Different song. <laughs> we do a uh, we do a topic on here from time to time called uh title fight, where okay. we take two songs that have the same title. But they're yeah. different songs, and then they go head to head, and we always have a, a third party then decide who wins the bout. Ah, so I'm just throwing that out there. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. So uh, if you're watching the video, you can see what happens here when the music plays. Uh, I'm kind of looking down awkwardly, and <laughs> Rebecca's rocking out. But maybe I'll rock out. Maybe <laughs> I'll start rocking out.
2: I love this music. I'm having I've, a
1: good time. I've rocked out in the future. In the not in the future, I've rocked out in the past uh maybe i'm embarrassed to rock out in front of rebecca that's gonna have to change okay rebecca what's your next
2: tune tell us oh gosh well should we go back to my high school or the fictional high school whatever um, you want
1: to do it's up to you
2: you there's know me- there's a song that i want to make sure we get to it's a song oh, this is, i'm gonna cry this Uh-oh. is a song the, the the book was very very vaguely inspired by some stuff that that i went through with my brother when he was in high school and he um he and I didn't talk for a really long time. We didn't see each other for a long time. And uh, and there was a little bit of that going on in the book. And and right before he left, there were some he was really into this uh, REM green album and he would drive me to school some days and he would play this album and this this album I can't even listen to because it makes me think of of that time when he was when we were going through that. But anyway, we got to play the song. It's REM green you are everything.
1: Okay, here we go
0: sometimes I
2: feel like I can't even
0: sing I'm very scared for this world I'm very scared for me a radio, a memory here's a scene you're in the backseat laying down the windows wrap around to the sound of the travel and the engine all you hear time stands still in travel, you feel such peace in absolute, stillness still that doesn't end but slowly drifts into sleep. The stars are the greatest thing you've ever seen and they're there for you, for you.
2: About this
1: world alive. All right. Did you cry?
2: I didn't cry. It's so pretty. It's still so pretty. All Such these, a great song. I hear it. I'm like, God, Michael died.
1: Now I tell you, if you would have cried, you would not be the first person to ever cry on the show. Who else cried? Oh my God. I've cried. Uh, John Waite cried. Melissa Etheridge cried. Rick, yes. Spring- Rick Springfield cried. Uh, Christine Blackburn, uh, who's a frequent co-host. She cries every time. Fabulous! Just every time I think Murray's cried.
2: Every it's you can I cry a lot on my Instagram. If you want to see, out Some,
1: You know, sometimes you you pick a song and and you have headphones on and it really gets in your head and it you just start to get you know emotional and you didn't expect to and uh, that's how it is. Now, can I ask a personal question? Are, are you and your brother cool now?
2: Yes. We're great now. He's awesome now. He's married. He's got two kids.
1: He's great. Cool. How many siblings total? Just uh three of my, you?
2: My sister and my brother,
1: yeah. Where do you fall? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. All right.
2: Desperately seeking attention. Yeah. Well,
1: awesome. I, I'm the middle, so I thought the middle <laughs> child wants all the attention. Yeah. i got an older, older brother, younger sister, so she's like the youngest and the only girl, so she's getting so much attention. Yeah. I'm the black sheep because I moved to California. My whole entire family, uh, Rebecca, still lives in my hometown. My brother, his yeah. wife, my my uh, my sister, her kid. It's crazy. I know. Here I am. Uh, here I am, moved out $1,800. Uh, as I think about that, that's kind of crazy because I also remember the first three weeks I lived out here, I didn't even try to get a job. I can remember sitting by the pool of our apartment <laughs> with other friends that had moved out here and spending
2: your $1,800.
1: Yeah. We just, we like, we didn't, it was kind of crazy. We didn't even care. We we're just like, yeah, we're going to just enjoy LA for like a couple of weeks. And I guess we did. Yeah. Um, What's my next song. I want to go to. Uh, okay. My favorite band of all time is cheap trick. Yes. And when I was uh, either, I guess about a senior in high school, 1982 that's when mtv crash landed and everyone didn't have it on their cable system at that point but uh, a friend of mine robert white he did have it and there was going to be a, a world premiere of two cheap trick videos uh there was going to be uh she's tight yep. and then the other song was if you want my love so i'm going to play since i'm a gentleman i'm going to play if you want my love instead of She's tight. They're both
2: good songs. Even
1: though I've said the title now twice. Here we go. If you want my love. Just a side note to my listeners, this Friday, a new Cheap Trick album comes out. It's called In Another World. I've had it for a month. I can tell you it's pretty good. It's got some winners on there. You know, I give it about a six out of ten. That doesn't sound like a high mark, but uh, the songs that uh, are among the six are great. So I'm just throwing that out there. I'm also trying to get a member of Cheap Trick on the show. So uh, fingers crossed, everybody.
2: That'd be
1: cool. All right, I digress. You
2: get you get cool guests on
1: here. I this over the pandemic, Rebecca, it's been kind of crazy because everyone's been cooped up, yeah. and so yeah. almost everyone I reached out to would say it's yeah, like, I'm not doing anything. Sure, yeah. The, the biggest uh, and probably my biggest guest of all time was I had uh, Brian Johnson, lead singer of ACDC, on. That was insane. Listen to that. It was insane. Yeah. So.
2: Scottish.
1: Uh, he is, I think he is Scottish.
2: Yeah. Cause I yeah. thought he was Australian and then he started talking and I was like, that is yeah. not an Australian accent. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> He's a fun dude.
2: Yeah. Uh, but no, no,
1: no more fun than you. <laughs> All right.
2: Next up. Okay. I was going to play a song that's a total downer, but after that, I feel like we have to go a little bit high, like a little bit, like more fun. Okay. This is Guns and Roses version of knocking on Heaven's Door, which was I don't know if I have a great story for this song, but you have to understand what Guns N' Roses meant to us when we were growing up and what the whole actual rose saga, the slash <laughs> saga meant to us. And this particular song got me through some some dark, dark moments and also just some really fun ones. So
1: it's and it's a great cover of a Bob Dylan song. This is knocking on Heaven's Door. love the drums on that that's matt sorum on drums matt sorum has a book coming out his autobiography it's either coming out in july or august and i am gonna i'm gonna say 100 i will have matt sorum on the show okay because i have have his personal email and i've emailed back and forth with him so stalk
2: him until he says yes
1: i will stalk him until he says dude leave me alone (laughs) Uh, and sometimes that's that's what happens
2: yeah But,
1: but usually not that's such a great song it's a great cover you're a rocker.
2: I, I am. And well, and yeah. And growing up, especially like the nineties music, most like when we got into grunge and stuff, I was like, okay, all right. I, I got it. I, yeah. I appreciated it, but I didn't want to listen to it.
1: Right. See, so I'm a
2: lot of revisiting
1: for me, the nineties. I'm, I like some of the grunge stuff, but I was more in the um, counting crows, gin blossoms type yeah. uh, arena
2: well i have to i there was a huge and i'm going to spare your audience there was a huge tori amos phase
1: It's right and in the notes it's right in my notes
2: i'm going to spare you guys and we're going to just skip over it but imagine me crying <laughs> 16 in my car listening to china over and over on a loop you get is, the paper. is there um <laughs> are you do you still like tori amos though I love Tori. If you grew up with Tori, you love her and you like hope She got therapy at some point.
1: Uh, What is next for me? Oh, I, I got to play some Pat Benatar. She should be in the rock and roll hall of fame because Mm -hmm. she's she won a Grammy four years in a row for best female rock vocalist. How is she not in the rock and roll hall of fame? I don't Mm -hmm. understand it, but this is, this is from my favorite Pat Benatar album, precious time. I'm going to play the title track precious time and this just goes to anyone who wants to do something creative or, or anything the line in here is life is too short so why waste precious time yeah. so be like rebecca and use your time wisely here we go i don't
0: want to argue about who is the Maybe we both got burned I don't want to talk about Who is the traitor Cause both of our loyalties turn
2: I know that
1: song, but I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. And, uh, yeah, seeing Pat Benatar on uh, on MTV as a, a high school student. Hello. Hello, Pat Benatar. <laughs>
2: um,
1: what uh, what do we got next from Rebecca?
2: Um, okay. Well, we can go back to my high school. This was – I was hugely into Van Morrison, and I'm, I'm going to play you guys Sweet Thing because it was a song that my friends and I came back to a lot. When we were like going to the Ren Fair and planning our escape.
1: Okay, sweet thing.
0: And I was strong the merry way and jump the hedges first. And I will drink the clear, clean water for the quench my thirst. And I shall watch the fairy. Yeah.
1: very nice so rebecca what suburb in the Chicago land area are you from
2: it's called the north shore it's it, i was from highland park which is the about half an hour north of the city
1: it's very nice in highland park
2: it's lovely in Highland Park. Yeah, great. i don't know why i was so desperate to leave every time i go back now i'm like it's so pretty here look at all the trees you what don't know happening? you well, if you
1: want to get out you want to get out it does you're just done you're tired of it
2: i well, i didn't want to be there i
1: was going to go be an actress you want to go to the place that you chose of your choosing yeah and now do you feel like a california person now
2: you know it's i've been here for so long it's definitely home I I don't know, you know, it's definitely home. I've been here a long time.
1: Can you ever think of living anywhere else or do you, is this it?
2: I could imagine living somewhere cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) Does that exist? Uh, It must. Um, I don't know. We talk about it all. Everyone in LA at some point you and your partner are like, should we leave? where should we go? Where, let's go live in Oregon. Let's go live in, in Wyoming. We'll buy a ranch. Like it's the whole Zillow thing. And, you're never going to do it because what are you going to do in Oregon?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so, I'm so happy that uh, Pilar moved here from Massachusetts. I moved here from Pennsylvania, both cold climates as Chicago is in the winter. And, um, and we both love it here. Like we, I, I just can't think about, I it is you, you walk outside and it's, it's, there's a palm tree and it's sunny. I mean, it's
2: sunny and hot. You're like, should we go sit on the deck and have a glass of wine? And right. We have- it's kind yeah. of, oh,
1: we yeah. Play. I mean, it sounds, I don't know, I don't know if it sounds elitist, but I mean, that's how it is. We have a tiki bar in our backyard. It's crazy. You
2: literally have a tiki bar. We house.
1: literally have a tiki bar. I think I've told this story before, maybe you don't know it. Well, when, when this house was for sale, we, we came to look at it and the side gate was open. So we walked in the back first and there's a pool back there. And then Pilar sees the tiki bar and she goes, we have to buy this house. I'm like, why? She goes, cause it has a tiki bar. And I was just like, you don't know what's going on inside of that house. You have no idea. We can't, you can't buy a house because it has a tiki bar. But probably
2: <laughs> uh, favorite part of your house,
1: though. <laughs> it is very nice. We do, we do utilize that. It's like an outdoor, a giant outdoor room. We do love it. But uh, thankfully, the inside of the house was, was, had good bones. So, but um, yeah, I just, um, and our, our oldest, Ezra, does not like the hot weather. Yeah, Ezra will definitely be an East here. Coast person
2: when you grow up somewhere, like you said, they grew up here and they're like, Nope, yep. something
1: new. But Rita's kind of a California girl, like she does enjoy it. She likes the beach and the water, and she does enjoy it. So we'll see what happens. But uh I'm I'm staying here. What's next? Was it me or you? Who no? We just played uh sweet thing.
2: You just played sweet thing, it's your turn.
1: All right, let me do one of these uh stupid book workarounds. One of the books I can remember reading was a Stephen King book. Now, not one of the thick Stephen King books because I would never do that. It was a, a thin Stephen King book. It wasn't thinner. It wasn't thinner. It was Carrie. Yep. And I love the book Carrie and it's I love cool. the movie. I think it's one of the best adap- adaptations of one of his books.
2: It is brilliant. And that's I just, like a lot. It that's does. Awesome.
1: And I just watched it again this past year year and it still holds up. Other than the high school girls, I was looking up the actresses' ages. They were 30. Yeah, Edie McClurg is in it. She's 30 in it. I know. Now, the good thing about that is there's so much nudity in that female locker room. Actually, the age that they were supposed to be playing would would not be good. It would not be good. So, anyway. (laughs) so Okay, so the song I picked it's a it's a holly song and it's called carrie ann okay so carrie, carrie.
2: There's, there's, there's no connection here Piano. there's none at all just the okay. carry. I'm, I'm rolling with it there's just the, yeah
1: just pretend like just pretend i did something good
0: when we were at school our games were simple i played a janitor you played a monitor then you played Older boys and prefects, what's the attraction and what they're doing? Hey, Carrie, what's your game now? Can anybody play? Hey, Carrie, what's your game now? Can anybody play?
1: Now, Rebecca, have you ever heard that song before?
2: I have heard that song because my dad loved oldies, and so I've heard it. It's now that I'm hearing it as an adult, I'm realizing I don't think it's about what I thought it was about.
1: <laughs> how, <old's your> dad? <laughs>
2: Dad's Dad's how, how old is your dad? Dad's good. how old is he? Oh God, how old is he? I don't, don't know. That don't
1: that say fifty-seven.
2: No, he's seventy-seven. I, 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 I don't really know.
1: 77? I have. Uh, I have listeners that are way younger than me and like I'll go, oh, how would your dad? They'll go, oh, he's 56. I'll go, 50. Oh. What? How dare you?
2: These other girls who write for Wattpad. They'll be talking. They'll be like, I'm here with my mom. And there's a picture of a lady who I swear to God is my age. And I'm like, <laughs> he's so cute. That is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. No, he's he's late 70s. That's yeah. good. And has he's been, doing good. they got their been, shots. They're good.
1: Have you guys get gotten vaccinated yet?
2: Stefan gets his tomorrow first one. And I can get mine, uh, mid April.
1: I feel like I should tell my story now. I've never told, talk- see, I don't post, um, there's something weird for me about posting your vaccination card on social media.
0: Yeah. I
1: just, it's just weird to me because, you know, and even though I'm going to tell you the story real quickly, um, probably not quickly, probably be a long, long story, but, um, I just feel like then, then you, then you open it up to people like, Responding like my mom's 82 and she couldn't get it. How did you get it? Or you know, or where where did what happen? So anyway, I I just even though I'm gonna tell this story in a public forum right now for you. I haven't posted and I'm not okay. and I won't post, but I, I will tell this. And more people will hear this than will ever see my Facebook. Okay. Right. So I kept trying and trying and trying. I would go through the uh my turn.ca.gov trying to get an appointment, trying to get an appointment, doing everything I can do, and then One day I'm on there, and when it came to occupation, I checked retired. And as soon as I did that, I immediately had two appointments scheduled for the first and second. So I printed out my paperwork. I look at my paperwork. It says that I'm, it says when I show up at CSUN in Northridge, I'm going to have to go to the 65 and older mod. But you cheated. I didn't cheat cause my real date of birth is there. Okay. Okay. So I just figure, well, I'll figure it out when I get up there, <laughs> either they'll send me home or yeah. You know, but, but I, I was going to say, look, I'm, I'm retired. I do air yeah. quotes. I, but uh, but my real age is here. And if they sent me home, fine. So I go up there, it's a drive through. So the first uh, the first line of defense, actually the only line of defense uh, it's the first gatekeeper. I roll down my window a little bit, and the woman says, Do you have your paperwork? Show her my paperwork. Give you your ID. Show her my ID. Had a code on my phone. And then she says to me, Do you have a pre existing medical condition? And I say, No, no, I don't. And she says, Because you kind of need a pre existing medical condition to get a vaccine here today. And I said, Well, yeah, I'm, no, I, I, I really don't. And then she says, Are you sure you don't have a pre existing medical condition? Now, Rebecca, I'm still not getting it because now I want to be super honest now because I feel like maybe I was fudging on the paperwork. So I go, Absolutely not. I, I really don't. I do not have a, I'm sorry to say, but I do not have a pre existing medical condition. I feel fine. I'm in tip top shape. So she kind of sighs, and her shoulders just like, oh. and she turns around. She goes over to uh, her table. She brings this form over. She puts it in the window, and she says, "Okay, you're going to check this box, which indicates that you have a pre-existing medical condition, and then you're just going to sign your name here." And then I get it, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, 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 okay, oh, okay, oh, oh, thank you, okay." So. I'm kind of not comfortable with checking the box and signing it because I feel like that's like a paper no, trail. Lying. That's a yeah. paper trail of lies. Yeah. So, the next person I come to, it's the person that's giving me the vaccine. Well, they don't ask me for any paperwork. They just say, license. Okay, we got your name here. And I got the vaccine and uh, I got one of two. The next one happens this Thursday. And uh,
2: I know. that was it. So, I think everyone's trying to be really ethical and wait their turn. Mm-hmm. But I, I know a lot of people who are like, I kind of really need it. <laughs> like I have to go to work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, do what you
1: do. look, I, I emailed my, I, I texted, I, I texted my friend who's a nurse yeah. in the emergency room front lines. And I just said, Hey, I just booked an appointment to get my vaccination and This might not be ethical the way I did it. And I just said, what do you think? Literally, if she would have said, yeah, that's not cool. Don't do that.
2: Right.
1: But the text back in all caps was fucking get it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, are you sure? She goes, so many people are refusing it that if you can get it, you should get it.
2: I have a friend who's a nurse who I just talked to today, and she said the same thing. She was waiting her turn because she is a nurse, but she was furloughed, so she's like, "I don't really have to go to the office right now." Yeah, and they made it available to like thirty thousand medical personnel in New Jersey, and Uh of thirty thousand, she said like twenty five hundred showed up. So many were just like, "I don't know," and she was like, "Oh, screw it, then get out of the way. I'm gonna, (laughs) I'll get it then if you're not if you're not sure."
1: Yeah. So, So that's where that's where we are. There you go. Uh I was gonna say I should have it because I'm a national treasure,
2: right? You know, you, you know,
1: Tom Hanks, Pat Francis, and yes. Bruce Springsteen. We should all get it. I
2: should get it because I've been really patient You've and been
1: very patient. I'm
2: a big big fan of science. So.
1: <laughs> what about Stefan? Has he had it yet?
2: He tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay,
1: cool. Excellent. Yeah. All right, moving on to Rebecca's list. This
2: so sick. Like we're gonna talk about the vaccine now. Oh, please don't. Uh, <sighs> we're gonna do. I know.
1: This might be a good time, Rebecca, to say, here comes ad number two.
2: Oh, great. Here comes ad number two. And we're back. All right. What's your next song? All right. So we're going to do some more stuff from the book. Um, I don't know. We're we're coming to the modern times here. We're going to do a Taylor Swift song. As I was starting to write book three, Taylor Swift released Folklore. And I got to tell you, that album, I just listened to it over and over and over again. And I'm sure everybody did. Um, but particularly, there was a very difficult theme I had right write in book three. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it was this huge, devastating moment. Uh-huh. And there's a song on the B side of, of folklore called Epiphany. That The first time I ever listened to the album, I think I kind of skipped over it because I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I listened to it again. and The lyrics are incredible. It's just amazing. So we're going to listen to a little bit of Epiphany.
1: Okay, here it is. Taylor Swift, one of my faves.
2: Half of this pandemic, but she, uh, every song on that one and the other album was just like, oh my God, this woman just went to another level.
1: She is working overtime because this Friday she's releasing Fearless Taylor's version. And this is, she's re recording her first, uh, I think, uh, however many albums, so that she can yeah. uh, get the rights to those versions. So if movies and TV want to license, Those songs, they'll use the hopefully use these versions.
2: Why? Because the whole big machine drama. I was just like unbelievable. And why? Yeah,
1: yeah, ridiculous. A lot of work. It it is a lot of work, but uh, man, she's a force.
2: Dear God, does she ever sleep?
1: Uh, She, she must because she looks fantastic. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, When I was in high school, nineteen eighty-one, Van Halen came to town on the fair warning tour and my friends and I, we all wanted to go. And, uh, I remember this being like, a, I mean, I had been to concerts before, but like a bunch of us wanted to go. And, um, so one of our friends who's, uh, his dad, they they were kind of, they were kind of well off for the, um, they had their own business. So his dad would only let his son go if the dad booked two hotel rooms for us to stay in. I think there were like 10 or 11 of us. I don't even remember. Cause he didn't want us driving home late at night from Pittsburgh, which was about two and a half hours from my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he didn't realize is we didn't sleep all night. So we were driving home the next morning with no sleep anyway.
2: Yeah. So,
1: um, and we were all good kids. Like there was no drinking or no drugs or anything. We just wanted to go see Van Halen. So they were amazing. And, You know, everyone knows this song from Fair Warning. This is Unchained.
2: Then, Ellen, that's when they were just like we're going for it
1: yep i love yeah. it that was such a great show i remember we were we had uh we had f- it was called festival floor which way would they would never do now the floor was just empty no chairs or anything and i don't know how many tickets they sold for that and then you got as close as you could possibly get uh i didn't get in the mix because it looked like it was going to be a disaster but i remember right before the show started two guys started to have a fist fight and then no no one that was with me just two guys they started to have a fist fight and the lights came down and like the first power you heard the first power cord and those guys immediately stopped fighting and just then paid attention to the show it was the funniest thing that's hysterical. Eddie Van Halen's guitar broke up a fight that
2: night. Power of rock. Yes. Eddie Van Halen broke yes. up a fight. I'm way too claustrophobic for something like that because I just see a stampede coming and I, I can't do it.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's scary. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. But the stuff you do when you're uh you know 17, kid. you don't care. The
2: stuff you do when you're a kid. Next um up. okay, I'm looking. I have one more song from <laughs> that I listened to in high school that is way older than, than my high school. I don't know why I included this. It's George Harrison's My Sweet Lord. And I was just, I was a little obsessed with George Harrison in high school. And this has nothing to do with the book. But there was a lot of driving around and listening to this song. And I think it actually, you know, ironically, without realizing it, it did kind of inform the book. The character Marina is on this spiritual journey. She's Catholic. She's trying to figure out if there's a heaven and a hell and, and trying to figure out what religion means to her. And this is a a theme throughout the three books. Uh, So I think this was when I was sort of going through the why do we have religion thing.
1: All right. Here's My Sweet Lord. My Lord.
0: I really want to see.
2: At the end of that song, they start alternating "Hallelujah" and "Hare Krishna," and you can see his journey—that growing up Christian in England and experiencing, you know, Hinduism and trying to understand religion in so many different parts of his life—that it was just this incredible sort of song of, of being on that journey.
1: And is George your favorite Beatle?
2: I think he's the one that I'm like, oh, George. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that he created as much memorable music in the end as you know the other guys were were just around longer than some of them and and had more more opportunity to get those songs out there.
1: I find if you take if you take the ten hits from each solo Beatle, I think they're all equally good. Yeah. Ringo might not, Ringo might not have as many as the other three, but.
2: No, no, maybe not Ringo. And Ringo never pretended to be as good of a writer as the other guys.
1: But now Ringo puts out an album like every year. Like he has so much music out now. It's crazy. Let me say this before, uh, before we continue. Just so uh, if, if they go to, if the listeners go to books.wattpad.com and that's Watt with two T's, is there like an official bio of Rebecca Phelps on there?
2: I think that's the old link is the only problem because they switched to a new server. And well, I'm going to tell you exactly how to find. Okay. But yeah, they switched. To, you know, honestly, the best thing to do is to find me on Instagram and then follow the link because there's links. You can buy it in America. You can buy it in Barnes and Noble. You can buy it in England. You can buy it everywhere.
1: Okay, well, give out your Instagram to people right now and I'll stay silent. My
2: Instagram is Gemini Rosie. It's G-E-M-I-N-I R-O-S-E-Y. You can also follow me on Twitter where it's just downworld novel. That's way easier to remember.
1: Okay, Downworld novel on Twitter. And yeah. then and go to the Instagram, throw some follows out there. You can also follow Wattpad Books at Wattpad Books.
2: Yeah, you can also just find me. And if you go to Wattpad Books, right, just go to Wattpad, Wattpad.com. Mm-hmm. I am on the homepage right now. And it says, bye, down World. So
1: Perfect. You- Let me ask you this. When uh, Did you have fun picking songs?
2: Yes. It was stressful because I was trying to balance <laughs> my high school experience, which the music mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the, the 90s. Right. And then um, the songs that literally did inspire the the book, which, which it's hard because there's some spoilers because they inspire various right. scenes that you have to kind of read the books to get.
1: That's the thing. It's like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? I would love to be on your podcast. Okay, here's your homework. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always got to give homework. Um, I Downworld, you said there's two sequels. Does this book end on a cliffhanger or is this self-contained?
2: It could be self-contained. When I wrote down World, I didn't know that it was going to get published. Okay. So I gave it a, a an ending that could be its own ending because okay. I just thought, "Me, this might be it. This might be the end of it. And then when I got the publishing deal, I immediately started working on the sequel, wrote the sequel. So I wrote Yesterworld in like six months. It just came to me. And I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen in this book. And then I wrote this epic book about going to the past and portals and falling in love. And then I started writing this third book ever world. And it that one's taking forever because of this pandemic.
1: Well, I love, I love the titles. I love that there's world in every title. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's like when you watch the first season of some bingeable show and it ends and you say this, if it doesn't get picked up for a second season, this, this is a nice ending. Yeah. However, it, could definitely get picked up for a second season. So
2: without giving too much away, Downworld ends in a place that I should help people get to the end and go, Oh God, please tell me there's a sequel. And then they find out there is. And they're like, Oh, thank God. Because.
1: Excellent. Perfect. You know, that's exactly. what you want. That's, that's what you want. That's the yeah. best. Uh, what do I got next? Okay. Here's one of my book workarounds. One of the books that I, that I read in high school that I loved was John Steinbeck's of mice and men.
2: I love that I love book. I've read three books in your life, and they're the most popular books of all time.
1: I've also <laughs> read Green Eggs and Ham and The Night Before Christmas. Those are the five books
2: <laughs> that I've
1: read. The, the one song God. I know the lyrics to is Happy Birthday. Okay, so here's the workaround on this song. A character in, uh, in uh, The Grapes of Wrath is Tom Joad, Grapes mm-hmm. of Wrath, written by John Steinbeck.
2: Cool.
1: So I'm going to play a song called The Ghost of Tom Joad by Bruce Springsteen. That's Bruce. my book workaround.
2: Yeah. Hilder line
0: stretching around the corner Welcome to the new world Family sleeping in the car in the southwest No home, no job, no peace, no rest The highway is alive tonight Nobody's kidding nobody about where it goes. I'm sitting down here in the campfire light, searching for the ghost of Tom Joe. That's quiet, Bruce. That's, Bruce. Course,
2: that's Nebraska. It's Nebraska,
1: right? Uh, it's it's off an album called "The Ghost of Tom Joe, but it's very oh. it's very Nebraska like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska is one of those albums that I think a lot of people don't know. And and, and Ghost of Tom Joe, too, because they think of, you know, rock and roll. Yeah. Born
1: oh, in the like, USA, dancing in the. Yeah. Jar.
2: When Freesting gets quiet, though, oh my yeah. God. He's like uh,
1: this. He's like, this. The Ghost of Tom Joe. Oh,
2: he's got that gravelly voice. Like, yep. when something happened during the Depression. We're like, okay, okay, great.
1: See, Rebecca, if uh, if we didn't have this pandemic right now, you and I would be in the same. Room doing this. That's mm-hmm. how I like to do this. But this this feels uh, similar to how I like to do it.
2: I do. Uh,
1: I want to tell you
2: place that we'd have some chips or something.
1: Right. Exactly. And we would have a couple of drinks too. Uh, mm-hmm. Since you played a song from Use Your Illusion 2, I do want to tell people that uh, our friend of the show and f- uh, frequent co-host Mike Schmidt has got his second vaccination. I'm getting my second vaccination this week, and then. After the two week or whatever, however it is, when we're both free and clear, Mike is coming over in person and we are going to go track by track through Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Now, Rebecca, my friend Mike Schmidt is, he's just the best. He is, whenever he's on, the episode is like three and a half hours long. It's insanity. But Mm -hmm. But people seem to love it. So I'm just throwing that out as something for people to look forward to in the future. Not to say that this is not amazing right now. I'm promoting, I'm promoting shows down the road as if uh, I'm making an excuse for this show, which I am not. This is, we are having fun right now in the moment. I
2: don't know that there's a theme
1: to the show we're doing right now, but it is fun. The the theme is Downworld. Wait, (laughs) Wait till I send you the artwork tomorrow. Let me see if the artwork, if I got it in yet.
2: Is there artwork? I like artwork. There's,
1: there's, I have uh, a bunch of extremely talented people that do Facebook artwork for all the episodes. Nice. So let, me, let me see if it came through yet. No, I do not have it yet, but
2: that will give me something to post besides just another picture of myself. Like
1: ex- exactly. exactly. A
2: lot of people like I did a thing, check it out. <laughs> it's <laughs> um,
1: you know, you have to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's so
2: self-indulgent, but you, you have to do it. I know. You know, I did not do social media for years Yeah. until I started promoting this book. And they were like, you have to be on the internet. You, you have to, you have to have Instagram, you have to have Twitter. And I was like, I have to have Twitter. Yeah. So we created a Twitter account called down world novel. And I don't think I posted one thing until like, I got a publishing deal. Well, and like,
1: when, when yeah. I post, when this episode goes, uh, post to the world tomorrow. You will be looped into the tweet so you can just retweet it and links will be there and everything. So, people can, if you want people to go listen, they can go listen. Like so, that. what are, it's your turn. I just played that mm-hmm. Springsteen song.
2: Okay. We did all my high school songs. We don't have very many left. We have two left and we have both two. And both.
1: one's a playout song.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is one you, you got. I almost didn't pick it because we've all just heard it too many times. But um, ironically, I played it. In the chapter in in book two, I played it like in in what on what you can actually say like here's a link to a video like here's watch this video here's a song that inspired this chapter. Mm-hmm. So at the end of book two, Marina's in a place where she's um, I don't want to give too much away, but she's thinking about stuff that has happened. And I I linked to Cyndi Lauper's Time After Time, and you would not believe how many young people wrote to me and said, "What is this song? I've never heard it." And I was like, "Oh." right because you're 15 here you go this is cindy locker's time after time
1: and i hope they love the song after they heard it i hope so here it is Such a great song.
2: So in the eighties, there was this big Cindy Lauper versus Madonna thing.
1: I was actually going to just say that. That's crazy. Know
2: about? I was always firmly team Cindy Lauper because she could sing. I was like, (laughs) great, but I was like, don't you want the one who can sing?
1: And that was just manufactured, though. There wasn't a there wasn't a rivalry between those. two. They had
2: a rivalry, but they just they had a similar like funky style.
1: They needed something to put on the, the rock and roll magazines. Yeah, totally.
2: But Cindy had that voice. Oh my God.
1: So good. Uh, Now I have, uh, I have, uh, I only have one more to play, but I have two on my list. I don't know who to play. (sighs) It's a difficult, it's a, it's a Sophie's choice. I'm going to go with (laughs) Fleet. I'm going to go with Fleetwood Mac. Okay. This is from 1982. I just love this. I love this album. It's the album that I don't, it's the album is Mirage. And oh. I don't know if it, I don't know if it gets enough love, but no because remember, the rumors. Right. Every I mean, rumors gets all the love, but, but, um, but uh, this song is hold me. And I just love it. Cause it just feels like Stevie, Lindsay and, and Christine McVie are all singing together on this one over top of each other. And I've just always loved this song. So that's mm-hmm. the reason. And I graduated in 1982, so why not? Here it is.
0: Can you understand me, baby? Don't you hand me your life? Although it doesn't matter, you and me got plenty of time.
1: And the bass is incredible. We're speaking to each other. They I know. They
2: sound great together.
1: Yeah, they do sound great together. The, the drums sound great. They're, they're very simple, but I love that bass line. And I just I just love everything about that song. So mm-hmm. that's why I played it. Cool. Right, Rebecca, you only have one more song and it's our playout song. So we're going to wrap it up because what I'm going to tell you is I put the playout song in after the fact. So mm-hmm. I'm pulling the curtain back for you and the people at home okay so let's let's promote as hard as possible right now first of all i'm going to promote for me and we'll close it out with your promotion and you can introduce your playout song you can follow rock solid at rock solid show go to rock solid podcast for everything about the show uh t-shirts and uh, patreon page and uh you can follow kyle at kyle dotson funny and that's it for my promotion uh now it's time for Rebecca.
2: Before I do the song, you can follow me at Downworld Novel on Twitter or at Gemini Rosie on Instagram. Instagram's better. I do cute pictures and promotions, and I've got huge news coming up that I can't share yet. So follow me on Instagram or on Wattpad.
1: All right. That's the place to find everything about Rebecca Phelps.
2: It's true. All right. This is a song that I just discovered recently. Stefan had a best hits of the seventies album that he was like a record that he was playing because that's my husband. And um, this is a version of a song that I knew that is so haunting and gorgeous. And it fits so perfectly with book three, which has this dystopian stuck in a, in a future that's supposed to be perfect, but isn't kind of a thing. And and this song just nailed it. So this is the song that is the book three song, and it is Prelude's version of After the Gold Rush.
1: The classic Neil Young song. All right, Rebecca, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, thank you for writing this book. Everyone go and buy Downworld by Rebecca Phelps. And again, in two weeks, I'll be given definitely two copies away, possibly more copies. So head over to Patreon and for $2 a month, you can be in the running to win books and CDs, and all kinds of fun stuff. So with that, please enjoy After the Gold Rush by Prelude. Thanks, Rebecca.
0: Well, I dreamed I saw the knights in armor come Saying something about a queen There were peasants singing and drummers drum And the arches split the tree
2: There was a fanfare
0: blowing to the sun That was floating on the breeze Look at Mother Nature on the run In the 1970s I was lying in a burned out basement With the full moon in my eyes I was hoping for a replacement When the sun burst through the skies There was a band playing in my head And I felt like getting high Thinking about what a friend had said I was hoping it was a lie well i dreamed i saw the silver spaceships fly in the yellow haze of the sun there were children crying silver seed to a new home in the sun fly mother nature's silver seed to a new home in the sun